What is up, everyone? Welcome back to The Awakened Catholic Show. I am your host, Nick De La Torre. Today, we are going to be talking about getting down to business as Catholics. I have a, a, a guest that you could say is kind of the expert on the subject, Mr. Jack Kelly with the Young Catholic Professionals Group in the Diocese of Toledo. All of that is coming up right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Awakened Catholic Show. I am your host, Nick De La Torre, and this is not your grandmother's Catholic talk show, unless she's a really, really cool grandmother. Jack Kelly, welcome to the show, man. Nick, thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so stoked to be here. I love your haircut. I think that you're, you know, I got the same thing going on. I think that men that, that rock hair like we do, they, they got to be smarter. There's got to be a reason we're, we're letting it all, you know, like the, the I, I got nothing. I don't know where I'm headed with that, but I bet you're a, I bet you're a smart guy. You know, it takes courage to take it on home, you know, after, for me, 25 years of luscious locks. And <laughs> then you wake up one day and you've got too many hairs on the pillow and you decide it's time. What kind of luscious but, locks are we talking about? Like curly hair or? No, it, they weren't really all that luscious. <laughs> um, but I have dreams probably once every four months that my hairs come back. And really? it's hard waking up for those. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I'm so but, sorry. You know, I feel that. Look, you've got a voice for radio and a face for YouTube. I got neither. So we're we're balancing each other out. Fair enough. Just fine tonight. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm uh, really excited. I got I got so excited. Uh, Father Eric Schild, who's a dear friend of mine, and he uh, is a dear friend of Awakens. He and I lead pilgrimages to the Holy Land together. Um, we're doing one later this year, actually, which you'll hear about in a little bit during our sponsor ad. Uh, but Father Eric sends me this text message, and he's like, hey, can I connect you with this guy that's starting a young Catholic professionals chapter in the Diocese of Toledo? I was like, like yeah, that sounds great. And the more I thought about that name after receiving that initial text, the more I realized I met a chapter of young Catholic professionals in, in an incredible twist of irony in Israel on our last pilgrimage no in the Holy Land when Father Eric and I were there. Holy smokes. Yeah, we awesome. were in the lobby of the hotel that we were in in Magdala, and uh, there was just some kind of like a social event going on. They had drinks, and, you know, the, the lights were dim and stuff. And Oh, it was the Christmas tree lighting. And, um, and I met the, uh, this group of young, vibrant people that were there with a, a few older people that were kind of like mentors. And uh, I started talking to them, getting to know them. And they were like, oh, yeah, we're part of young Catholic professionals. And I was like, is that like Legatus? And they were like, kind of, but for young people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not a bad way of explaining it. I mean, I know Legatus because yeah. 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 I've, I've spoken at Legatus. I have a lot of friends in Legatus. Sure. But like, I had no idea that something, anything like that was going on for young people. I mean, that's incredibly appealing. And I was immediately sad that I didn't have access to anything like that where I live. And then I get this text message from Father Eric so what's the story here, man? Actually, you know what? It's like people don't care about what you know until they know that you care. I want to hear more about you first. You personally, Jack. Sure. Let's talk about the beginning of Jack. I was born in Chicago, bounced around a little bit, um, had a father who really, really emulated prayerfully considering what his vocation was going to be and took a couple of different jobs along the way. Um, but he and, his, and my mom uh, really made it a point of emphasis to raise us in the faith. And um, it doesn't always make it easy, right? There, yeah. there are still challenges that arise, um, and I've had plenty of those in my life. But um, uh, we moved here in 2000 to Toledo, 
I attended St. John's Jesuit High School uh, before going off to Marquette for undergrad. I studied political science and theology there. And I always said I was, I was either going to be the president or the pope. Uh, so I was, I was aiming high. I was ambitious. Um, and I'm neither now. But, <laughs> the story's uh, not over yet. Right, exactly. Either one is still possible. Um, I think you mentioned that I'm an attorney now, but I, I uh, kind of postponed that um, for a couple years after undergrad. I wanted to teach. Um, okay. So I was a Catholic school teacher for five years and then actually interrupted those five years with a stint in the seminary for the diocese. Um, Dang, dude. I'm really happy I discerned it. It wasn't my call to sainthood, um, but glory to God for inviting me to experience that and glory to God for so many friends of mine now that are good and holy priests. So, Amen. Um, actually, before you move yeah, on from yeah, that, please. I want I want to hone in on that for a second because a lot of guys don't aren't willing to entertain and they don't even realize that they could consider discerning priesthood it, without feeling like a certainty already about it, right? Like a lot of guys think, oh, I'm not sure if I want to be a priest, so I shouldn't discern. Like, no, the whole nature of discerning is to discern. Like you navigate this question about might God be calling you to this this life of, of sacramental ministry? And, you know, so many people, like I, I can only imagine if, if even half the guys that uh, – are even willing to ask the question internally, if they even just open the door to like a more formal discernment, it becomes so interesting. It sure does. I mean, what I was told by my spiritual director, which get a spiritual director if you're considering yeah. this at all, um, they, they really help you to unpack things. Um, but it was a guy named Father Riffle out in uh, Washington, D.C., when I was teaching at the time. And he said, Jack, it seems to me that you're 50% sure you're called to the priesthood. <laughs> you need to figure out the other 50% in seminary. Mm. And he goes, and, and may, maybe that 50% says, you know what, Jack, I'm, I'm calling you to something else. But um, I, I really do believe that it's made me a better husband and father now. Um, and, and then, you know, conversely, on the other side of the coin, you don't go to seminary because you think you'd be a bad father. You go there because you think you'd be an amazing father. Ooh, that's um, fire. Love yeah, that. Yeah. So, um, and that, that's why I wanted to hone in on yeah, this for please. a minute because that was my experience too. So, I never formally became a seminarian, but I did actively discern um, some initial steps, you know, and I went with Father Mike Danderand and, and uh, stayed with the monks at St. Meinrad and prayed with them and stuff. Wow, and, awesome. And like that whole process, I resonate so much with what you said about how that's impacted your being a husband and being a father because, like, my prayer life would never be the same after that experience of prayer with the monks um, and, and my spirituality in general, because when you're asking those questions, inherently, it means you're, you're trying to pursue God's will for you. Yes. And it's so easy not to do that. And so even if we're going to enter the secular workspace um, and, and live lives of the laity, we still are called to a life that pursues the will of the Lord. And, and if you aren't even willing to ask the question, Lord, might you be calling me to an ordained, to, to be ordained clergy, to be a priest? If you aren't even willing to ask that, then will you ever actually be open to the will of God? Right. You know, and so it's like this fundamental, and it could very well be, like, it's not like you're signing on the dotted line in blood. Like, it could very well be that God ends up making it very clear to you, like he did for me even before entering formal discernment. Um, but I was willing to go to that length of staying with those monks, you know, and like I was I was really navigating that authentically. Um, it could very well be that he makes it super clear that you aren't called to it. Or he might make it clear that you are. And if he does say that to you, nothing in life will make you happier. A hundred percent. And and I didn't leave seminary because I didn't enjoy the experience. I liked what I was learning. Mm -hmm. Um great men there, great fraternity there. Um 
it, it's not something that you can fake your way through. And, and I think if you do, you're going to be a miserable priest. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, it, it, I don't look back on that year as wasted time whatsoever. Yeah. And, and, and really truly religious life should be an option for young men until it no longer is. And you'll know that when the Lord tells you, um, but yeah, don't be afraid as Christ says, put out into the deep. Yeah. That's out of your comfort zone. It was yeah. not comfortable, you know, starting the application process and, and going through all that um, becoming a seminarian entails now. And there's a lot of uh, self-doubt and you you feel like you're worthless. Uh, but, you know, all the good priests that I talked to said, Jack, I'm, I'm not worthy to do this. But, you know, the Lord has has given me the grace that I need um, to, to minister to his people in this very special way. That's so um, beautiful. Yeah, All right. So yeah. pick up where you are. I apologize. No, no, it was good. It was a good little detour. Um, so I, I taught, as I kind of mentioned in Washington, DC at a center city Catholic school with the, um, it's called Alliance for Catholic education program through the university of Notre Dame. Um, and then, uh, got invited to teach and coach at St. John's Jesuit here in town, which is again, my alma mater. And that was a wonderful experience. Um, but the law school bug never really went away. And um, I, I decided to finally pursue that. And this was after I met my now wife. Um, and we talked about what we wanted our family life to look like. Um, again, really enjoyed teaching, but um, was, was listening to the Lord's promptings to, to explore a, something what, else. What, yeah. is, what does that look like? A law school bug? Like, what is it, what is it <laughs> in prayer that God is like, I want you to help people figure out what's right and wrong? Or like, what, what is the voice of God saying in, in that type of a calling? Sure. Well, I mean... So I had people telling me I would be a good priest, but my mom always said, Jack, you're going to make a great lawyer because I argue all the time. Okay. Um, and uh, so you could make money for yeah, arguing. Yeah, she goes, you know, I, I don't know why I'm debating my son. I'm I'm your mom. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, she I, I like to think I would stump her every now and then. Um, but no, I, I think um, seeing holy men and women in that life. Um, and this will kind of, I think, touch on a lot of what we're going to talk about tonight, but holiness is not just reserved for the clergy. It's not just reserved for the religious life. We're all called to that. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think about people like Tom Antonini at the diocese who, um, he's Such a general a counsel now, but Such he, a good he, guy. He, I remember shadowing him in high school with the St. John's uh, Senior Project. And I was like, you know what, if I'm not called to the priesthood, I could see myself doing what Tom is doing, mm. um, using his brain. Um, working in witness for Christ. There's the YCP tagline. Um, and, and, you know, so I, I think the example that other people set for me was where God was first speaking to me. Um, but then I did take it to prayer. Um, and I had to ask the Lord, you know, Jesus, I really love teaching. I, I love bringing your word to these students. I was a campus minister at St. John's, loved doing all of that stuff. Um, and so to make that change, I think, I had to be very intentional about that that discernment. Yeah. Um, and so I took it to prayer. Um, and I asked other people to pray for me too. Um, and I think God has affirmed that decision in my life. That's so far. awesome. Yeah. And, and it's so valuable to have someone like Tom Antonini, who's such a gem of a person. He's so authentic. He's so caring. Um, but he's also so smart. And yes. <laughs> and, uh, and if you're watching or listening, you have no idea who we're talking about. Um, what is his actual title? What is that called? I, I think he's general counsel general for the counsel. diocese. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, if there's any legal issues that arise, right. they come across his desk first and, yeah. and he'll uh, figure out how to handle them. Yeah. Um, and so, so you he's can. He's a problem solver. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's a great way to put that. So you can, in whatever capacity you work, you can be someone who inspires other people just by being the best version of yourself that you can be. And I really get that vibe from Tom. I feel like some people you meet, you're like, oh, man, if you only tried a little harder as a human, <laughs> you know, um, but but with Tom, you're like, wow, can I be a little bit like you? <laughs> you know? Well, and so when I was finishing up with law school, I was um, interning as a summer associate at my, my firm now, Shoemaker, Lupin, Kendrick in downtown Toledo. And uh, when they offered me a job, they said, Jack, we want you to work in our trust and estates department. And I said, great. What's trust what and estates? That? Right? Like, <laughs> you, you, you don't know how to be a lawyer just by going to law school. You got to learn by doing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I remember in law school, I, I kind of fancied myself in the mold of St. Thomas More, right? Like this great philosopher, orator, statesman, litigator, right? And, and I was going to go toe-to-toe with the powers that be. Um, and that's kind of like, that was my concept of the ultimate lawyer. And then I got told that, you know, you're going to be doing death and taxes, Jack. Um, <laughs> which, you know, those are the two far less certainties inspiring. in life, right? So my job yeah. security is great. Um, but, and there was a, a, a slight crisis because I was like, oh, that's not what Thomas More did. And then again, taking it to prayer, it was like, no, Jesus can work through you doing this stuff too, Jack. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to put on the Chancellor of England chain. Um, I mean, you could. To be, to be a saint. You could. And, <laughs> and if you guys have any of those props lying around, uh, just feel free to, Man, to bring it out. Yeah. Out I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, no, but, you know, it, it's great to, to have those ambitions and it's great to still, Thomas More can still be my model as a professional and as an attorney and as a patron saint of of people like me. Um, But I I don't have to do it exactly like he did either. You know, he, God made me Jack Kelly, not Thomas Moore. Mm. And so can, can I become St. Jack Kelly? Can can I, can I minister to people in the way that God is calling me to do that in, in a way of, you know, helping families with, with, stewardship issues and confronting their own mortality and, and wondering how that's going to affect their kids. I mean, these are yeah. kind of deep issues too. And, and the more, I, more I got into that role, the more and more I discovered, no, there's a chance for ministry here too. I can relate to what you just described going back to the story about discernment, because after falling in love with, for example, the divine office, the liturgy of the hours, which I did with the monks for the first time and fell in love with it. And so I got my own breviary in their bookstore there at the the St. Minor Seminary. um, And I started learning how to use it and stuff. And I really loved that devotion, that, that prayer life. When I got married and got, and then we started having kids, it like got really, really hard to keep up with that the same way. And I was really hard on myself. I was like, man, why can't I be as holy as the pre-married Nick, you know, (laughs) why can't I be as holy as the monks that I almost became like, you know, like, and so one of my friends, actually, John Mark Grodi, who co-hosts Elevate Ordinary here on Awakened Catholic, he said to me, I think it was him, uh, he said, uh, you aren't a priest, you, (laughs) that simple, like, be present to the, the station, the vocation that God has actually called you to, like, you know, figure out what virtue looks like, right? what a virtuous prayer life looks like for your station in life, for your vocation, because you can't expect yourself to, to live a monastic prayer life when you aren't a monk. 
you it's it's a it's a right, nice thing right. if you have space for it in your life but like i was being really hard on myself and it reminds me about the the saint thomas more stuff that you're talking about it's like be present to where god has put you and, and what those dynamics really look like right well and i'm glad that you're bringing up all these folks that have given us good advice along the way right yeah it's such a reminder that we're not called to go into spiritual battles alone yeah um that God has given us his bride, the church, to accompany us. And that's the whole kind of mission and ministry behind YCP. You, you, were you see go how there. I did that? <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> um, no. Uh, do you mind if I talk about that for a little bit? I do mind, Please. Jack, because right now it's time for the Kerygma oh speed round. Are you ready? I think so. All right. Let's do it. Jack, who is Jesus to you? So there's a right answer to this, right? St. <laughs> St. Peter gave it. Don't get it wrong. You know. Thou art the Lord, or thou art the Christ, the Son of God, um, and and he said you answered correctly. So I guess you're. Oh, so, I, you know, I've never thought of it in terms of Matthew sixteen right. until this moment. Shoot, but <laughs> I, I can I can I can expand on that All a right, little please, bit because yeah. ultimately that's what it boils down to, right? Um, but I was I was leading a retreat this past uh, weekend at St. Joe's in Sylvania, my home parish, and and when I was writing my my witness talk. Um, I was thinking about this question and I, I said to myself, you know, Jesus has been portrayed many ways in the gospels. He's a shepherd. He's a brother. He's a rabbi. He's a healer. But what did he really come to do that supersedes all those? He's a savior, mm -hmm. right? Amen. And, and he came to save us from death. And so why does Jesus say, be not afraid over and over and over and over again? It's probably because he realizes that our most primal, visceral fear is the fear of death. And he's coming to say, I'm changing that. I'm turning wow. it all on its head. I'm defeating it. That's why I can tell you to be not afraid because I'm taking away that source of fear. I'm removing it. Wow, that's good. Um, that's good. And so I, I've come to uh, really in, in my most recent prayers and meditations, this this very, very true understanding that Jesus is my savior. Um, and, and he is, he's still my brother. He's still my shepherd. He's still my teacher and my healer. Um, but he, maybe above all else, he's my savior. Um, and, and, and yeah, I think if, if I had a superpower, it'd be to be not afraid. Oof, that would be a great one. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. Can you imagine how much of life that opened up to you? And and um, I have goosebumps right now. Just so, no, I just it. yeah. I mean, I, I I'm trying to keep that as my watchword recently, um, because we we get thrown to the the wolves a lot in in, in trying to stake a claim for Christ in this world. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of things. And, and again, we're so blessed not to be able to not to have to fear you know bodily persecution or martyrdom. Maybe one day, but that's not what we're dealing with right now. Yeah. But we we fear you know rejection. We fear people saying unkind things about us. And, and if I lived without just those fears, which, again, all stem from ultimately a fear of my own demise, my, my own death, then, man, that would be amazing. Wow. Um, so, good. But we have a Savior in Jesus Christ, and, and he tells us to not be afraid. And so I'm, I'm going to try to follow that command as best as possible. Beautiful. Question number two. Please. Elevator pitch for a life with Jesus. So... You know that bumper sticker that says, no Jesus, no peace, K-N-O-W? Right, yeah. And then, no Jesus, no peace, N-O? Yeah. I'm going to unpack that a little bit. All right, hit because, me with it. Because I think in my life, um, 
there's been times I've been way too materially attached. There's been times um, that I've struggled with relationships. Um, and, and ultimately, it's because my life was disordered, right? I put, I prioritize other things in the, on my list before my relationship with Christ. Um, and I found that I was constantly restless and never satisfied when that happens. Um, and when I made it a point to start reorienting that, and I still am, you know, I'm a work in progress. Wounded just like you are. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, w- once I started to, to relist, if you will, um, the things of importance in my life, and I started putting Jesus a little bit higher on that list, I started to feel a little bit more satisfied. Mm. And so I came again to this conclusion that, Jack, you can try to have it all and not have anything. But, wow. but if you have Christ, all of these things will be added unto you. Mm. You know, seek him first. Um, so that's, that's my pitch is you can have it all with Jesus. You, you know, you can order your life in such a way that you can go out and have a beer with friends. You can watch the football game. You can have an amazing social life. Um, and you can still be in my case, the the head of my domestic church at home. Um, I can still be a a God loving father and, and a faithful, uh, patient, charitable spouse to my wife. Um, and, and everything else will, will follow. And, and again, I, in my line of work, Nick, I know that you can't take these things with you. They say that uh, there's, you never see a U-Haul behind a hearse, right? <laughs> and, and so I, I, I am helping people day in and day out plan on what they're going to do with all this stuff that they've accumulated. And they've worked hard, and I'm not knocking that. And, and they're trying to be good stewards for their family of, of, of the fruits of their labor. And there's, there's a lot of importance in that. Um, but I've also come to the very quick realization that you're not taking it with you. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if, if I um, have Christ, that's all that really matters. Wow. Beautiful. All right. Third and final question of the Kerygma speed round. Elevator pitch for life specifically as a Catholic. I think I, it might have been a toss-aside comment earlier, but I talked about the church being the bride of Christ. Um and let's say that you have a best friend and you really, really want to know, love, and serve him as best as you possibly can. You know, you, you've been friends since, since day one, an amazing person. And let's say that that person has a spouse. You can't say, hey, I want to be close to you, but forget your spouse. A, that'd be terribly insulting to your friend. But B, like your your friend has grafted himself onto his spouse, right? He, he has become one flesh with her. Um, and so you, you can't get him without her any longer. And, mm-hmm. and it's the same with Christ and his bride, the church. Um, I was listening to Fulton Sheen the other day and he was talking about how, you know, the, the common uh, protestation against the church is I don't need anyone between me and Christ. And he goes, imagine saying that to me, Fulton Sheen, I want you, but without your mouth and your, <laughs> and your ears and your eyes. Yeah. That would sound absurd, and yeah. it is. And so um, life as a Catholic is is to know Jesus and also to know his bride. And again, know that we're not in this by ourselves um, and and that, that his bride possesses the fullness of truth, um, the, the fullness of revelation, um, the sacraments. I mean, I could keep going, but I know this is the speed round. But um, <laughs> no, I, I think, yeah, it, it is... Um, to know that we are a part of Christ's body, to know that we are a part of his bride and that he loves us as his bride um, is, is, is why I'm Catholic. And, and 
all the graces that flow from that. Beautiful. That's, I mean, it was eloquent and it was, it was so true. I, I love that response. Um, so I think it's important to point out after such beautiful responses, the sponsors for today's episode, <laughs> catholicmerch.store. If you want to look as holy on the outside as you pretend to be on the inside, make sure to visit catholicmerch.store and it'll make everyone think that you levitate when you pray the rosary. Huge thank you to catholicmerch.store for providing Awaken Catholic with 100% of the proceeds from their sales. Disregard the fact that... Um, CatholicMerch.store is our merch site. But anyways, Jack, the the uh, the importance of what you were just talking about, those are things that matter no matter who you are. No matter who you are on this planet, no matter what your job is, it's important to, to know the Lord and to know the church because it is the church that he instituted. It is, I mean, all of the beautiful things you said about the sacraments, like we, everyone needs that. However, connecting this now to YCP, uh, first of all, YCP, Young Catholic Professionals, correct? You got it. Okay. You got it. So in the professional sphere, by and large, that's going to be secular businesses. Yes. Um, everything you just responded with in the Kerygma Speed Round is not explicitly like celebrated in the secular workplace. Not even subtly. So Not even subtly, huh? Yeah, yeah. Weird. <laughs> Man, I wonder, e Ethan, our producer, Ethan, do you think we should start incorporating some Jesus in Awaken? <laughs> Probably. Okay. <laughs> um, no, but the challenge is real. I mean, it's a real struggle. And, and especially when, when uh, even outside of the business world, like society in general is just so antagonistic in this post-Christian world we're in, antagonistic to anything... And it really is specifically in the context of Christianity, because you're 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 welcome to be Muslim, you're welcome to be yes, Jewish, you're yes. welcome to be New Age or Buddhist or whatever, but don't say you're Christian because that will be frowned upon. I, I, what what is the answer? Well, <laughs> the tagline is "Working in Witness for Christ," Ooh, right? There like, it is. <laughs> so let me. Um, we connected on LinkedIn yeah. for the first time, like yesterday, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And the first thing I saw that you had posted, and it might have been a post from earlier this week, is it was a picture of a cruci or uh, yeah, a photograph of a crucifix with the Blessed Mother that you put on your hotel room desk. It looked like. Yes, that's right. And you said you must think I'm crazy if I'm not going to claim this space for Christ before doing this parish mission. Yeah. And I was like, man, is that not what YCP is trying to do? Ooh. It, it's we're, yeah. we're trying to say to the culture, like, no, you can't have this. You know, if, if, if our Lord has conquered the world and he told us that he, he has, mm -hmm. um, then, then we got to start planting his flag in places. And, and I think for, for too long, um, the, the Holy spirit has been relegated to the sanctuary. Yeah. Um, he's always going to be there. That's the, the best place to find him. But, um, you know, we, we can no, no more relegate the Holy Spirit to the sanctuary than we can, you know, relegate ourselves if we're trying to be saints to our homes, to yeah. our bedrooms, right? Like, it, it's got to be a faith that's lived out loud. Well, similar and, to what you said earlier yeah. about the clergy and how we as laity so often, like, we expect that, whole, you know, being holy and, and being on mission is for the clergy. You said something to that effect. Right. I would even expand that out to say a lot of times we might look at um, people who work in parish ministry, even as lay people, and maybe expand that out to them, like, oh, they are supposed to be holy. Oh, they are supposed to evangelize because they're they're getting paid for it. Yeah. 
right? Like we're in this very utilitarian culture of like, I'm not going to do something if I'm not getting paid for it. And we even carry that over to the gospel. I'm not going to evangelize if I'm not getting paid for it. I'm not, a, I don't work at a parish. Right. You crazy? Yeah. No, it, it's, it's on all of us. Yeah. Um, and we're going to have to make an accounting before the Lord one day. Right. And so, but, but I also understand that it's, it's not easy to do by yourself. Yeah. If you, if you have tried to get that foothold into your place of business by yourself, it, it, it can be very, very discouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're rallying the troops, right? Like we're not militaristic or anything. We are the church militant, but you know, we're, we're trying to provide a space for young Catholic professionals to feel like they can truly integrate their faith in the workplace. And then they can find that encouragement from their brothers and sisters in YCP. And sometimes you have to go back to the well, right? You have to be re-energized. And that's what YCP is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're all going to be uh, more or less in different areas, right? We're not going to be spending eight hours a day together. Um, but if we can get together for a networking happy hour or sit um, and listen to an executive speak about his or her experiences as a Catholic in the workforce, as a Catholic professional, um, if we can take advantage of mentoring opportunity, mentorship opportunities and spiritual direction opportunities, th- these are all things that YCP provides. That's awesome. Um, and then, you know, we think, look, if you can integrate Christ in the workplace, which is for better or for worse, where you're spending most of your time every day, it's only going to make you a better husband, a better wife, a better parent, yep. a better parishioner. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've we been smacked in the face with all the stats about people in their 20s and 30s. This is when they're leaving the church, right? Mom and dad aren't making them go to mass any longer. Yeah. Um, and so... Um, well, that, that to me connects to... Yeah a very disordered focus that has been imposed upon us on productivity and um, success. Yes. And so what do I mean by that? Like, isn't productivity a good thing, right? Like laziness isn't good. Well, so for one thing, what, why do we want to be productive at work? Well, we want to impress our boss. We want to impress our coworkers. We want to be set up for a good bonus. We want to, and, and so like no response to that question generally is, a super virtuous one. It's it's generally like, like, it's generally vanity. It's generally um, uh, this misplaced sense that you have to provide for yourself, right? When we know that God provides yes. for us, right? And we know that God is in control. We know that God is who we want to please first and foremost, at least in theory. But then, but then that doesn't become the case, right? Right. We end up wanting to please our boss. We want to please our coworkers. We want to please our spouse. We don't want to let our friends down. You know, we we want to make sure our friends think well of us. And, and so much of what propels the hustle is vicious, is, is coming yep. from vice. Yes. And, and so one of the hardest things, I think, when wanting to take a serious look at your professional life as, a, as a, a Christian really trying to live it all out to the fullest extent, one of the hardest things, I think, is realigning your priorities internally and externally. Yes. What are yeah. your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean... Back to my man Fulton Sheen. Yeah, what a G. He, he was. He was. Um, I. He's got like a topic for everything, Nick. So like, I was preparing for this, uh, this interview, and I'm like, I want to see what Fulton Sheen has to say about work. And he's got a, a 30 minute, you know, television sermon called, um, you know, why work is boring, and and he talks about how we we've become these creatures that like are just designed to produce, 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 and he and he said man wasn't made for production. Production was made for man. Yes. And so we have to, again, reorient. We have to, we have to change our mindset. Um, and 
you know, it goes back to, I, I talked about Jesus being a savior. And I think when we, when we call him a savior, we can get transactional with it. Like mm-hmm. he did this. And if I only do A, B, and C, I'll be able to live with him forever. Mm-hmm. And we we look at it as a checklist or as an agenda item. And you're turning yourself into the savior when you do that. Yes. I will save right, myself by right, doing these actions. Right. And it's not transactional. It's supposed to be a relationship. And that's what our work is supposed to be. Yeah. It's supposed to be a relationship with others. And, and and you can be productive, right? You you can you can like what you do and and create something that's beautiful and and good and true. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's like a a trust or a will or yeah. a healthcare power of attorney, right? Um, if I but if if I invite Christ into that that space, um, it's not just a transaction. It's not just a production anymore. It becomes a relationship, um, and that's what we're really really trying to do. Yeah, Amen. Yeah, I mean, we we have to consider like when we die, and we don't know when that day will be. What will we be asked about at the pearly gates? What will we be asked about before the throne of God? Um, how big was your 401k? Probably not. No. How big was your trust? Probably not. Right. Right. Like we, we have to contextualize like this is all going to wither. Everything around us is going to wither away. And the only thing that we are, can take to heaven is number one, going there ourselves. Mm-hmm. But number two, <laughs> but number two is bringing the people that we love with yes, us. Yes. Right. And so is it possible that leaving a trust fund for the people that we love behind us can contribute to that mission? Of course it is. But what are we sacrificing? Like to build such a trust fund up, did you sacrifice time with them? Right. Did you sacrifice your relationship with them thinking that that money was going to be a good enough uh, fill-in for you, right. for your love? Right. And it's not. And and the thing is, we have this obsession we we have two there are two like psychological symptoms that I, I love to talk about. One that we that so often we see. One is an obsession with the end of the world, and two is an immortality complex. Both of those things are constantly at play in the majority of society. One, the obsession with the end of the world, especially when you're a Christian, you're always like, oh, the end times. And a lot of that comes from Protestants because they don't have the sacraments, so they get bored and they have to talk about something else. <laughs> but but um <laughs> But the end times obsession, it really, it, it kind of is an obsession that we, that leaks into Catholicism from Protestantism. Um, and it's so irrelevant. It's so irrelevant because it doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter when the actual end of everything will be because we will all meet our end regardless. Right. Right. And so set that aside. Um, number two, the, the immortality complex, like you and I, Jack, we could get like some freak situation could happen. The roof could cave down on us or one of us could die on the way home tonight or who knows? Literally anything is possible. I pray that none of those things I just said happen, especially the roof falling. I want to get this episode done, but, (laughs) but, um, but we have to like realize like we don't have time to mess around, right? Like live every day. Like it's your last day. So what does that mean? If today is your last day, how are you prioritizing your work balance with your family balance? For me, that means, Nick, how are you prioritizing your work balance with time with your wife and your kids? Mm-hmm. And, and I have to think about that in terms of me, because that's all I have. That's all I can control is like, how am I going to do my best to love the people well around me and bring them to heaven with me? Right. Um, and so when it comes to work, I, I just think that, you know, are you, are you commuting two to three hours a day, just so you can have some slightly higher paying job. And that's taking away from your family time. Mm-hmm. 
You know, like there are so many random little ways that we can be disordered in the way in which we're approaching our work. Um, have you have you witnessed things like that in in your encounters and not necessarily with your clients, but sure, I mean, like sure. in terms of your circles and. Yeah, I mean, and I again, I think because we spend so much time at our jobs, it becomes one of our greatest idols. Yes. Um, yeah. And you know, work ultimately is is a result of the fall, right? Like the only the only reason that we have to get up and and go get a job is because I think that's I think the fall is the reason that it's miserable. Well, yes, yes, yes. Um, but but again, with with, with the coming of Christ and and him. Uh, redeeming us he's redeemed work yes right and so can can we now say that this is something that's resulted from you know our sin can, can we invite christ into this space though now yeah um and so you know ycp i don't care if you you're making a million dollars a year or you know twelve dollars an hour yeah um invite christ into that space and, and, and we want i'm giving you permission right now um by the power bestowed in me from my CP, um, you can be a Christian in the workplace. What? Yes. Stop. Yes. There's it, no way. Yes. And and it doesn't mean that you have to have a holy water font right when you walk in your office, although you can. I'm you giving can you that. permission to do that yeah. too. Yeah. Um, but um and it, and it can go beyond just being a nice guy and holding the door for people, right? Like it should go beyond that. Um, but you know, people should know that I'm a Christian. I don't have to um, you know. Uh, chant the Salve Regina every night before leaving at six o'clock. Um, but you know, they, they should know in the way that I interact with people, um, in the conversations that I have in, in the way that I choose to stay away from some conversations that there's something different about Jack, mm. you know? Um, and, and again, I, I think if we can invite Christ in the work- workplace and, and it's not such a drudgery anymore, you know, like, People don't say, look at those Christians, see how they complain. It should be, look at those Christians, see how joyful they are, right? And and you might be at your wit's end with your job. If you invite Christ into it, though, I guarantee it's going to get a little bit better. Yeah. Um, And so, again, YCP is that well that you can keep going to to remind yourself that, A, you have that permission, um, and B, that you have a lot of other people trying to live out that mission as well. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think one of the hardest things to encounter in the workplace is when the uh, whether it's the administration or or the leadership, uh, the executive team, the board of directors, when they uh, impose limitations on the consumption of the Catholic weird stuff segment. But I am not here for it. I am not going to have it. I'm going to put a stop <laughs> to this right now, and we're going to have ourselves a Catholic weird stuff segment. Ethan, hit it. Catholic weird stuff. Why do they do the things that they do? Let's learn some. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Catholic Weird Stuff segment with Jack Kelly and Nicolas de la Torre. Today, we are going to be talking about feasting, partying, partying hard. Why are Catholics so good at partying and why do we do it so often? Um, You know, I think sometimes, you know what? The other thing is that sometimes our parties get like sequestered by society. Okay, so like I was just doing this parish mission and 
I was joking around because Valentine's Day just happened a couple weeks ago. And I was like, man, one of the best things about being Catholic is how often we party and how what it's like to party. Like we just recently were celebrating the brutal martyrdom of St. Valentine by exchanging Hershey kisses. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, it's like yeah. we turn something gnarly, something tragic and dark, but also heroic into something amazing because we're selling. So, so what is this this feasting about? What, what am I talking about? When, when a saint has a feast day, why are we celebrating their death? Well, the thing is, in case you hadn't noticed, Catholics are not just about death. We're about the resurrection as well. Yes. And we're about eternity. And so from the standpoint of secular society, it might seem morbid, but we understand what's really happening here is they, you know, we're not celebrating just a, like the the passing of their their physical life here, but but really that they have entered into eternity and are with God in a full perfect communion with God, and that is something to be so celebrated. And on top of that, when we look at the lives of the saints who are in eternity in heaven in communion with God. It can inspire and propel us because I think I think it's a gift because when we look at Christ, that can seem like a lofty goal. Like if we want to be like Christ, like he's God and we're not. And so sometimes it can feel like, well, of course he was awesome at being not mean to people on the streets because he was God, but I'm right. not God. So how am I supposed to do that? Right. Well, you can look at the lives of the saints, look at people that struggled with anger, uh, you know, and and then see what their journey was like and how God worked in them. And uh, people who were rich and they gave up everything to pursue Christ. Like, you know, St. Francis of Assisi is an awesome example of that. Um, and so I think what, what we're celebrating is we're, we're celebrating the coming home of one of these people that have entered heaven in the anniversary of that coming home, we're celebrating, I think, the attainability of heaven mm -hmm. because of these sinners who became saints. Very different than Christ, very different than Mary. Yes. Neither of whom were ever sinners. Right. And that, that, that becomes a little bit of a barrier to entry when we're trying to be like them because we certainly are sinners. Right. And so when we can look at people who were terrible at life become amazing by the power of God, suddenly heaven becomes a lot more realistic for a schmuck like me. Yeah. And that's what we're celebrating. Yes. And so there are a lot of different ways to celebrate. I think uh, I, I know a lot of people that when they have a patron saint, when that patron saint has a feast day, they celebrate that day as though it's their own birthday. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, during Lent, there are a number of feast days of saints um, that, you know, if, if one of your patron saints has a feast day during Lent, you don't have to fast that day. Like there are there are a lot of interesting things, whether it means literally having a cake or, or you know, having a really special meal. And I'm curious, I, I believe you might have some specific things to talk about here related to special meals I, for feast days. I do. Nick, I used to teach um, at St. John's, like I said, uh, an all boys school. Mm -hmm. um, and I taught the middle schoolers. So they love talking about this stuff. But I would try to focus on a saint of the day and talk about how the church would would commemorate that individual. Um, and, and I was telling you about this book by Kendra Tierney called The Catholic All-Year Compendium. And she basically goes through a majority of like the, the these like well-known saints. Um, and, and so there's like a each month probably has 15 or 16 entries dedicated to a saint celebrating their feast day within that month. And she will talk about things that your family can do 
to to celebrate and recognize that saint or that liturgical occasion. And one of my favorite things that she does, um, she provides like a just a small like, here's what we eat for lunch or here's what we eat for dinner. And um, there's some there's some pretty like gnarly heavy metal things that we do to commemorate the saints. You ready for this? Bring it down for us. So do you know how St. Bartholomew was martyred? No. He was flayed alive. So they took oh, a knife and they, they skinned him alive. Yikes. Okay. Oh, I have shivers everywhere. Do, no, thank you. Do you know what? And I think it's our Italian brothers and sisters, but do you know what they traditionally eat on the feast of St. Bartholomew to Don't commemorate say it? it? <laughs> say it. Some prosciutto. Some prosciutto. <laughs> right? Like the most oh thinly sliced deli meat that that's, you can get. That's heavy metal. And, and it's like rem- reminding us of how Bartholomew was was martyred. And and the Romans did that to shock us and scare us, right? And this is the cool thing is, is we say, nah, nah, that's not going to scare us. What, what does Paul say? Where, oh, death is your sting. Where, oh, grave is your victory. He talks smack to death, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's what we're doing as Catholics when we're eating prosciutto on the feast that. of St. Bartholomew. St. Lawrence, do you know how he how he was martyred. No, this was the guy who was roasted alive. Oh yeah. And, turn me over. Yeah, He was yeah. the badass. He said, turn me over. I'm done on this side. Yeah, yeah. And so like, I think there's a tradition to have grilled meats on that day. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm going to start doing that. So, um, Kendra in her book for the feast of St. Sebastian, who we all know was, um, uh, was that the archery? Well, I, I, of archery? I don't think he actually, I learned that he didn't die from being strung up against a tree and then, uh, shot with arrows so he was shot with arrows but i think he survived that 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 really? a, that attempt on his life i oh think they gosh. got him later um and, and he won his glory but um so kendra says if you got a fondue kit do fondue that night because you're taking you know these little spears or arrows and <laughs> and you know piercing a potato with it or something like that so oh my gosh um, but again i and, and i know that that, that it's weird, right? Which is perfect for this segment. Yeah, but, yeah. But when you get down to it, too, it's like, no, it's our way of of telling death. You don't get the final say. Um, so, um, yeah, I thought I thought that was a, a cool thing. Um, and then there are like our other things, like why do we eat crepes on uh, the the feast of the um, presentation? I still don't know. Maybe just because yeah, they're I, delicious. I don't know if that's just a cultural thing. Like that just kind of started happening somewhere. Uh, I know that some people do like those Easter, um, what do you call them? It's like Easter bread or something where they like yeah, have yeah. something in the bread that yeah. is like a fun thing. You have to find the thing that's in the bread. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Ethan, do you know what we're talking about? <laughs> king cake? Yeah. King, is that? That's Mardi Gras, I thought. No, that's, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're thinking about punchkis. <laughs> but yeah, like, like um, obviously some like more strange things, but in our household, in the Kelly household, we are oftentimes scrambling for dinner ideas. And um, this book is helpful, but so is the lives of the saints. And so you get to live liturgically while, um, you know, having somebody else plan dinner for you. It's a double you still have whammy. to cook it, but um, yeah, that's great. You know, and, and any excuse to eat some prosciutto, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought that that was kind of a fun, weird Catholic yeah, 100%. tradition. Um, and I'm sure there's more out there. I, you had Father Leo on the yeah. show before. Was it last year or maybe even longer ago? It was It was last year. Well, he's been on my show twice. Okay. Yeah. He's a man. Yeah. Um, but I, I think he's coming out with this Cooking with the Saints book. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a Drinking with the Saints book. And, mm-hmm. and I, I'm sure he's going to have like 
gnarly stuff in there too. Oh, I'm sure. If, if I know him. Yeah. Um. So yeah. That's awesome. I love it. So there's your Catholic weird stuff segment, y'all. That's that's great. I so we'll put a link to that book in the show notes. Make a note of that, Mr. Ethan. Um and okay, so so let's get back to being Catholics in the workplace right after this amazing segment to this next sponsor, which is the pilgrimage to the Holy Land with Father Eric Schild and I. If you're watching this and you know me or Father Eric Schild or just love the idea of traveling with us, you should visit Catholic Awaken pilgrimages.com and to get informa- more information about coming on this pilgrimage with us. Um, I have made I've made sure that uniquely because there are a lot of people do pilgrimages to the Holy Land. I've made sure ours is the best from the standpoint that number one, it's very affordable. Number two, within that very affordable price tag, every meal is accounted for except for one. And that one is so that we can go out and have fun walking around old Jerusalem. I think that's where we're doing that. Uh, and you can just pick your own restaurant and stuff. But like every other meal is included. The hotels are included. That the travel amazing. is included. Yeah. Um, oh, and uh, so Jack, if you want to travel with me, Father Eric Shield and Jack Kelly and his wife, then visit awakenpilgrimages.com. <laughs> I slipped that in there just, you know, no, presuming I, he's I, coming. I, I got to walk in the door tonight and say, honey, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> Don't even ask. Just yeah, do yeah, it as a just, surprise. Just, just uh, show her the printout. Apologize instead of asking for permission. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to go. <laughs> it really, honestly, though, in yeah. all seriousness, for the length of trip that it is and how far away it is and all of the accommodations, and they're all at least three-star hotels and great food and amazing life-changing experiences in the Holy Land, like I literally was forever changed. Um, for everything that is offered in this trip what we're what what it costs to go is extraordinarily inexpensive so definitely check that out as well that's awesome awakenpilgrimages.com anywhom so we've talked about being a catholic in the workplace um we saved the world as far as that's concerned now when it comes to uh ycp let's talk specifically specifics about what it is that ycp is what it's doing why a chapter started in toledo sure. what your role in it is talk to me so YCP, like we said, Young Catholic Professionals, it's all kind of in the name. Um, but, you know, our, our wheelhouse for membership is is from 21 to 39. And after that, we hand you off to Legatus. Okay. Um, but it, it's a national organization that is kind of chapter-based, right? So we'll, we'll be the 31st chapter here in the Diocese of Toledo. Okay. Um, you know, other dioceses like... Uh, New York City, Philadelphia, Chicago. It was that, actually New York that I met in the Holy oh, Land, cool. I think. Yeah, and, and I think they're pretty brand new, actually. Um, so, you know, the, these dioceses have all started these chapters, um, and, and Bishop Thomas made it a priority of, of his, again, because we know that this is when people are leaving the church. Yeah. How do we fight against that? How do we, you know, um, damn that flow? Um, so, you know, w- w- he, he approached... And I have zero credit for getting this off the ground. Um, he approached some folks like like my buddy Aiden Reed. Oh, yeah. Um, I love Aiden. So Aiden's our vice president on no our way. leadership committee. Um, Morgan Delp, who's the, the principal at Central Catholic in Toledo. but She's she, a principal she, now? Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. So in addition to that, she's the president of our leadership committee. So she's saying yes wow. to the Lord all over the, all over the place. Um, but... You know, we, we the bishop kind of handed the ball to us, and we started running with it. Um, I my brother Tom was very involved and is very involved with the Chicago chapter, um, and I I saw and I, you know, we we beat ourselves up in Toledo sometimes. Oh, we're too small for that. 
Well, guess what? So for our launch party, which is a week from to well March 9th, um, from seven to nine, a week from the Thursday. day of recording. Yes, this. a week from the day of recording. Thank yes. you. I didn't know how to do that. Um, <laughs> um, so it's it's March 9th from seven to nine p.m. at the Pinnacle in Maumee. Um, we're we're launching. We're going live. That's awesome. Um, and and our registrations are already uh, meeting or exceeding where much larger uh, urban centers were at the same time. Heck yeah, that's so, awesome. So like we're we're competing with with the big players and it's not a competition of course, but we we want to show that no there's a hunger for this and a very important um, need for this here in our diocese. Um, and we want to make clear too that we're called YCP Toledo in, in homage to the name of our diocese, but this is for Northwest Ohio. And and I think there are some, you know, orphans in Ann Arbor and Fort Wayne and, and those types of places where until they get their chapters, come on down to ours. Sure, yeah. Uh, you're close enough. Um, so we, we want to make sure though that we are we are um spread far and wide within our diocese, that we're not just too Toledo centric, that we're coming down to places like Bowling Green to Finley. Fulton County, Sandusky, Tiffin, Fremont, all the, all these, you know, larger towns within our diocese. Um, and, um, so the, the, the launch party is going to be a very classy event. We're going to hand everyone 21 and up a, a glass of champagne as they walk in. Nice. Um, Bishop Thomas will be there too. Are we talking uh, classy, like the office classy? Like we got to keep it classy. And oh yeah. Yes. Like Jim. Yes. When he yes. Was wearing a tux? yes. Anyway. Well, it's funny. I felt overdressed coming in here and I, I saw that screenshot of you wearing a tuxedo <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to be underdressed and no, I'm, but you know, Hey, we're keeping it professional. That's hilarious. Um, but, um, no, so, so the launch party, you know, this is where we really want to, um, to have the Holy spirit come and, and enliven us. And, um, uh, again, we, we, we have, I, I can't tell you how critical it is that this first event is a success because it sets the tone moving forward. Um, so all are welcome, um, whether you're young or young at heart. And and if you're an older individual, um, there's ways that you can get involved with YCP. Uh, you can be a mentor. Um, you can maybe be one of our executive speakers. Um, you can donate. We're always looking mm. for donors, as I'm sure you know. Um, oh, yeah. So um, th- there are plenty of ways to get involved. Or you can just you know, tell your kids and grandkids, hey, this is an important ministry that is um, lacking in our church at the moment. Um, and we don't want to be one of those young adult groups that kind of dies in the vine because, you know, the leader gets up and leaves. And that's right. where YCP as an organization is really helpful because they have the infrastructure in place. They have the branding in place. Um, it's a well-known group outside of our general area. And, and you're going to have a chance to connect with folks from Cleveland and Columbus in their own chapters when they have um, certain events. So um, it'll be very good for our church. All right. So if you are a young Catholic professional, you should check out YCP because regardless of where you live, you might be close to one of the chapters. And if you're in Northwest Ohio specifically or in the surrounding area, then definitely check out March 9th. Yes. The YCP launch party. Yes. At the Pinnacle. In Maumee, yep. Ohio. Yep. The only thing I'm missing is the start time. Seven o'clock. <laughs> Seven o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And, and this is going to be a pretty informal kind of meet and greet mingling event too. Yeah. So um, if you can't make it right at seven, come at seven thirty. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, th- this will be a, a bit of an open house. Beautiful. Um, and and again, we we want to reach as many people as we can with this very important ministry. Beautiful. And, and, and again, you might not be going to mass every Sunday. This is exactly what we're here for. Yeah. Right. Like we're, we're here. For, for all folks who, again, are wounded or imperfect because 
That's what YCP is made up of. Wounded and imperfect people. Oh, I probably won't be able to join then. <laughs> we know <laughs> Ethan won't. <laughs> as he just kind of floats around back yeah. there. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, yeah, make sure to check that out. We'll put links in the description of the episode. Uh, where can people find out more? So you can go to youngcatholicprofessionals.org. Um, there's a couple slashes that you can enter, you know, slash chapter, slash Toledo, mm-hmm. but you can, I, it's easier probably just to use your mouse and browse around on, on the website. Um, and then if, if, if you are interested in the registration link, um, if you're a follower of mine on LinkedIn, it's, it's been bombarded at you. Um, but uh, if you search um, YCP Toledo launch party glue up, online that'll that'll pop up or you can email us at um info at ycptoledo.org um and we'll send you the the registration link and even if you haven't registered you can register at the door it's, it's helpful for you know food and drink right purposes, yeah. but you know we're not going to turn anyone away yeah cash yeah. bar cash bar i believe so but complimentary champagne so the and, whole time and, or just the one i think just the one but it depends on how many people show up all right all right yeah, so yeah. don't invite too many people all right <laughs> just kidding yeah. no and, and there'll be uh, appetizers and things like that that nice. are complimentary so very very yeah. cool yeah all right, rock on. Well, a couple of announcements Awaken related before we uh, head out here. On March 29th, you need to come to Coffee with Christopher West. He is the man who changed my life when he came to Bowling Green all those years ago and um, just made me fall head over heels for the Catholic Church and theology of the body. He's going to be on this stage here in Awaken Theater and having coffee, and he's going to be mingling, hanging out. So come to Coffee with Christopher West, and you can get tickets for that at ChristopherWest.AwakenCatholic.org. And then that night, Mike Mangione, who is an amazing musician, um, Great songwriter, amazing performer, and he's hilarious. He is going to be putting on a concert March the night of March 29th, and you can get tickets for that at mikemangione.awakencatholic.org. Uh, but if you want to go to both, we do have bundle deals where you'll save some money. You can just go to March 29 combo.awakencatholic.org. All of those links will be in the description and maybe even in on the screen if Ethan was on top of it. And uh, it'll be a blast. I just cannot express enough how important it is to come, especially to the Coffee with Christopher West. But both events are just going to be so fun and so awesome. Um, and then finally, once again, a huge thank you to our sponsors for today's episode, catholicmerch.store, the coolest, most beautiful Catholic swag, original designs you can't find anywhere else, conversation starting Catholic merch, available at catholicmerch.store, 100% of the revenue um, supports the mission of Awakened Catholic, and then the pilgrimage to the Holy Land with Father Eric and I, awakenpilgrimages.com. Jack Kelly, it has been a joy and a pleasure to be with such another handsome bald man. Hey, thank you. Look at us, you know, just a couple of bald guys cutting it up. (laughs) Um, No, I I really appreciate you taking the time to get to know more about YCP. and and I'm excited to be a part of it. I mean, I probably set the record for most boring guest. What? um, Get out of here. Yeah, no, I mean, I can't follow Father Leo. Well, who who can follow Father Leo? I can't follow him. It's my show. In all seriousness, this ministry that you're doing um, with help from folks like Ethan is just phenomenal. Thank and, you. And, and we hope 
to uh, push Awaken Catholic as much as we possibly can through YCP. We're all on the same team. Yeah, man. Um, and, and we're not in the media space. So we, we'd love to direct uh, our members your way, and, and we'll yeah, be sure to do. do that. Yeah, yeah, rock on, man. Well, yeah. God bless you and uh, your ministry as well. Thank you. And the work you're doing, the secular work you're doing as well. Amen. Um, all right, everyone. This has been The Awakened Catholic Show and your guest, Jack Kelly. I have been your host, Nick De La Torre. And before you go, I just need you to know that Jesus loves you. Peace.